Welcome to My Music Podcast, a podcast where we sit down with Michigan musicians and pick their brains on an abundance of thoughts and topics on music. I am KJ, one of your hosts. And I'm Scott, your other host. And today with us, we have two members from one of the longest standing bands on the scene, the Steve Buscemi's of Rock, that's Pat's words, not mine, <laughs> Tim and Pat of Lazy Genius. There's a moon Yeah, yeah we, I think I think it's a good place to start with. Why Steve Buscemi? We mined that from an interview you guys yeah. had with Local Spin. Yeah. Well, um, Dan, the original and still drummer of Lazy Genius, and I, we we were huge fans of Buscemi since back when we first started hanging out and jamming high school. He's kind of like not necessarily like a Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. but if you really like him and what he does, you you're, you really do. Otherwise, you seek him out. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it's kind of like that. We're not necessarily like the most famous or rich band, but maybe people who like us really like us just because we are who we are, I guess. There's like an idiosyncrasy, like a personality to Steve Buscemi. Like one of my favorite roles that he plays is in Billy Madison. Oh, it's such a small so little role. <laughs> yeah. He's putting his lipstick on. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so just like telephone line. Is that what yeah. you do? Yeah. Yeah. The yellow. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta say, uh, Crazy Eyes would be my favorite. I think it's in Mr. D's. Yeah, is that yeah. Where he plays Crazy yeah. Eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Balls, nice combo. Don't worry about what happened. Time heals all things, except these crazy eyes. Well, it's good to be home. I know that much. I wasn't talking to you, Deeds. I was talking to that squirrel. <laughs> it's like he just pops up and just oh. makes you smile. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's a, that's a good that's a good analogy. But tell us a little bit more about the band. How how you know each other? How it started? What you're working on now? Just let us know what's up with Lazy Genius. Well, um, I'm sort of the fearless leader of the band. Um, Dan and I, the drummer, we started playing together in high school, but we didn't sort of hit it hard or quote unquote serious till about '06, something like that. And we started kind of as a three-piece band, and we've grown uh, now to a six-piece. Wow. And um, so, yeah. How many how many members have you had over the span of that? Ooh, that is a good <laughs> question. I'm like Are, the, what, the 10th guitar player? Like <laughs> I want to say you're it's actually really... the third, fourth. Fourth. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. We actually. went through a lot of bass players off and on, but it's always been me and Dan. But Why I, would you say that? Just like musically or just friendship wise or because um, bass players be flaky. No, this is kind of like uh, <laughs> like any other relationship. We just didn't find the right one. Yeah. Um, our current bass player, um, bassist, Adam, he's been in the band since 20, 2011. OK, so a stretch. And I've known Adam since we were uh, in like fifth grade, like grade mm-hmm. school. But he kind of didn't do music for quite a while, and I like we kind of got him out of retirement. There you go. Because we originally started playing music together in uh, like middle school, Adam and I. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Pat, you must have the patience of a saint because I just 
since 06, like, that sounds crazy to me. Like, just navigating that world of, like, musicians and rotating. And I'm sure you're probably booking the shows and doing all that stuff, too. Like, oh, man. He records. Yeah. He records the records band now, too. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. So producer, engineer. Yep. Yeah. So do you stay calm? Do you feel like you're ever just, like, going to explode? Or are you always <laughs> just, like, chill the way you are right now? I mean, you can ask anybody in the group, at least, or anybody who's known me a long time. Usually I'm pretty chill. I mean, I have I have like very rare moments when they do happen. People kind of get really startled because it's like it doesn't happen often. Right. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So, um, kind of as I've gone along, like I started on drums as a little kid, like um, grade school, middle school. Adam he started in a band with me back then too. But I was on drums and he played bass. Like those were our first instruments. But I got kind of bored with just doing drums. Like I wanted to write music. So what ended up happening was um. I started writing my own music, and then Dan was learning drums, so he started drums. And then um, I went to college, and he kind of did his own thing, and then we reconnected after I graduated college. Mm -hmm. So most of college, I didn't really do anything, really. I have, like, an unreleased, like, missing solo record that I did where I played everything on. Okay, but nice. That will be, like, somewhere in band camp in the future. <laughs> <laughs> just got to convince so, the guy yeah, but, to let me release it. So you and Tim knew each other for some time. It's just, like, only recently within the last year that you've hooked up musically. Yeah. Well, before I was in um, Laser Genius, we were in a band together called Tokyo Moros. Okay, yeah, yeah. And which is like a, a name in Grand Rapids. It had a following. It People was, know. it was, yeah, for yeah, I yeah. think. But That's cool. What, uh, I'm not familiar, what genre were you guys kind of playing then with that? It was electronic-ish. So it was pretty different from Lazy Genius then, you would say? Yeah, okay. so it was um, lots of, actually it was kind of like four people in the band, but I think we had five or six instruments on stage. We kind of, people would switch around oh, sweet. a little bit, but... Um, we had like synthesizers and like weird guitar pedals, and then Pat played drums. Mm. Um, and then the singer from Aaron Leno, who's in Hollywood Makeup, my other band. Right. She was the singer in that band, too. Okay. All yeah. right. You guys kind of got like a little bit of like, like, yeah, like musical <laughs> chairs, band. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, but then you, you hop, so Tokyo Morose sort of disbanded, then Tokyo Morose Makeout formed, but you weren't in Hollywood Makeout initially. You came on sort of later. Tokyo Morose was kind of like the main project. And then our, um, one of our uh, good friends, Trevor Edmonds, he moved to Bay City and that, and we, that we did less and less with that band. Mm. Um, and then Aaron was in um, Hollywood Makeout. Oh no, that was before that. Yeah, no, she was in. So there was Tokyo Morose, and then there was Ghost Heart, and then like those bands formed with like two people. Two, so me and Aaron from Tokyo Morose. Yeah. Seth and Tim from um, Ghost Heart. They came to. We came together to form Hollywood Makeout, but I joined right before they recorded their first record. Okay. Yeah, it's my like it's it's for a little. That's not from Grand Rapids. I was gonna it's say I'm impressed. To, like, I'm impressed yeah. that you know all um, this. Well, I'm, like I've been trying to dive in and like learn like the ropes of bands and everything, but I didn't. I mean, Lazy Genius has been around for a long time, and I I mean I've only stumbled across your guys' music in the last year, um, 
and then like through knowing Tim, like digging a little bit, talking to you in the hallways of, of KCAD, but still like trying to piece little things together about the scene. It's been tough because a lot of people are here that are, are from here in, in Grand Rapids that yeah. sort of know the history and the lineage and these like, I mean, you know, I feel like the scene, blocks that link up. The and, scene is like so deep. I feel like somehow like I know these two, but I don't know you guys. And I've been making music in Grand Rapids since like 2012 and playing in various bands, but somehow we've never really crossed paths. You know, it's just, yeah. it's crazy that there's that much that many people out there making music in this city. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's another reason why we're doing this is to sort of learn more about that, you know, everything that's going on in the, in the city. Yeah. Um, so tell us more about Lazy Genius. Like, what's the, from my little, like, mining of the YouTube, like, the, the sounds changed a bit yeah. um, throughout the, the history of the band and kind of tell us about that lineage of the music. Yeah, I want to say, so, um, like, our first, quote-unquote, official record that we did came out about 09 and at that point it was uh dan and i the drummer and then a bass player and then another guitar player so it's kind of like the standard like beatles setup two guitars bass drums and a lot of that stuff was a little bit more i want to say like alt rock mm -hmm. or uh, indie rock type stuff and um yeah i don't know i guess i've always been kind of interested in trying to do new things i mean it's always going to sound like my voice and my band but i've always wanted to kind of explore different kinds of things as I go along. So, uh, yeah, at that point in time, that was kind of where we were at. And then uh, we eventually added my wife, uh, now Christy, on uh, vocals. And she did some guitar for a while and uh, percussion. And she did like some, um, like Ebo guitar. So it was almost kind of like another synth or whatever. And hmm. then we added our, our keyboard, our keyboardist, John Harrell in 2014. So yeah, just, kind of adding the people and then just my interests and things that I, you know, find old stuff, new stuff kind of, kind of goes in there. And then filling I, out the band to what you hear in your head. Yeah. Finding the parts that are sort of missing. Yeah. yeah. And like, I want to say, you know, like when I bring somebody to the band, it always kind of varies, but I'll be about 70, 75% there. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times some of the songs, like the finished version is Maybe me and John Harrell, the keyboard player, just working on something for a couple right. hours. Right. Or me and Adam working on something, or me and Dan working on something. So I'm going to put your feet to the fire. What does Tim bring to the band? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the new member to the band, right? Well, yeah, that's the thing is Tim uh, just recently joined right before COVID. But we had a bunch of the songs, kind of everybody else's bits and parts done, except for lead guitar and this so, is a new album that you're recording, right? Yeah. Okay. So we just nice. we just got it done in April. It's all ready to go. Cool. Um, it's called Procession. But yeah, we basically had everything but lead guitar stuff. So I, there was a period of time during the pandemic where I would send Tim a song. And then that week he would send me some parts or ideas that he had back via email. So actually he was like super easy to work with. And so you're he, recording like parts at your, your own... Place. I recorded them in my basement, but I think it ended up being kind of like demo stuff, just just so he could hear it. Okay. Yeah, we um, ended up officially doing them at my studio. Like, okay, gotcha. My setup is super simple and okay. just it's yeah. not. I mean, that's a lot of thing that great. like bands were dealing with during COVID that we dealt with. It's yeah, we like did the same KJ thing. would be recording a part at his place, sending me the stem. I'd be putting it into the mix and trying to figure out how to work it all in. But yeah. it sounds like you found a way to like record proper in his studio mm -hmm. that's yeah. cool cool yeah, he, he, he was um very 
proactive and I was digging like everything. Yeah. I was like, this is fantastic. Bringing he, the heat. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, we go back a long time and he genuinely likes the band and loves the band. So I'm hoping it just comes naturally. I've probably seen Lazy Genius live more than any other band. If cool. you don't count ones I played in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, now I am in it, but uh. <laughs> I think that was one reason maybe why they picked me was because like I was already familiar with the songs, right. even if I didn't know how to play the guitar parts yet. I mean, I feel like that's what isn't that what happened with um, Klinghoffer and Chili Peppers? He was just like a fan first. Like, yeah, major. he was he was a fan of John Frusciante, and then uh, they ended up becoming friends and jamming. And then he was playing music off to the side of the stage for a Stadium Arcadium tour. And then John quit, and they were like, "Well, I guess you could be in a band." Yeah, kind of lingering around. So it works out that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's happened with a lot of bands. It's like if you're, if you're a major fan and you're good at what you do. Yeah, Come on, I, I gotta say, I was really pissed one time because I was going to see Lazy Genius for the album release show. I think it was at the Pyramid Scheme, right? Yeah. And uh, I don't know, you know how it goes. Somebody was bullshitting, didn't work out, didn't get a chance to go. And then I saw all the pictures of the clouds and the, the whole stage, and it just looked very cool. Yeah. So I was bummed that I missed you guys that album release show. Yeah, we usually try to go all out on our releases. We've had something special for definitely the at least the last three, like Dreamy. It was a giant projector at Founders, holographic. We had projector and we had different things. And then, yeah, New Moon, that was the one where we had the giant clouds that um, our keyboard player, John Harrell, and his girlfriend, and the rest of the band, we all kind of created those. It was like two liter bottles with these like string lights. And then we just put like this... That's cool. That's stuff nice. around them. I feel like not like, enough. I always talk to KJ about like bringing more <laughs> visuals to like... Because not yeah. enough bands do that. I mean... You know, it's just it, people yeah. pl- up on stage playing, but like bringing it some really theatrics, does make a some difference. flaming lips to the situation. Yeah, yeah that's just, cool. Yeah, we just cool. try to make it a little special. Yeah, the yeah. visuals. It's yeah. important. Yeah. Are you bringing any of your uh, photo skills to the band there, Tim, with your, your new degree? Actually, the new album, um, the cover photo is a picture I took. Oh, right on. And then, oh, no. cool. and then Good like, to hear. The, the back photo of the band is I took with assistance from everybody else in awesome. the band. Awesome. Yeah, it's exciting. I'd like to think that it's not, you know, because um, he's my friend and he's in the band. But I think he does really good work. He does. I don't. No think doubt. That I, I don't think that I'm biased. I think it's like genuinely no. good. Yeah. Good Objectively stuff. good. Yeah. There Scott go. Scott did our cover enough for the exact same way. So uh-huh. like, yeah. yeah. When, it, it's when it's when it's cover. good, it's good. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I feel like that this topic. Good introduction. We're on, this is a, yeah. That's a good introduction. And you know, we talked a little bit about um, your live setup and you know the theatrics and, and things like that. So this this first topic we're diving into is what makes a, a great live performance. And I'll just leave it open ended to that and, and leave it up to you yeah, guys. Yeah, it could to be, just it could be big major acts, local acts, yeah. any you know any genre, you you name it. So I was thinking about this question over the past week and. One uh, show that came to mind, um, there's a British band called Temples. And they played at the Pyramid Scheme, and I was probably two or three people back from the stage. And that was such an amazing show. And the reason for me why I thought it was so great was because it was like the sound coming off the stage like enveloped me Mm. and all of my friends around me. And I felt inside the music right and i think psychedelic music which is what they do is like kind of like that sonically anyway Mm -hmm. um but then when you physically feel like that it's just like it's holding you and that was it was so great well that's sort of what you want from music is to have this intimate experience and it sounds like exactly what it was 
Yeah. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't this like disconnected like band playing to you, but you were yeah, part it of was, the, yeah. the communication. And if yeah. you're really, really lucky, it happens to you on stage. Yeah. yeah very That's, true. It's rare, yeah. but it's the greatest thing yeah. in the world. Yeah. No doubt. What about you, Pat? I have uh oof, I could go on for a while. I'll try to keep it. Do brief. it. No, no yeah, this do is, it. This is, is like this is what that. this is about. Yeah. I will yeah. say, I mean, like you don't necessarily have to have all the all the crazy stuff, but I will say like I do love flaming lips and what they've done. Mm. If you could love the world and not a switch, would you do it? If you could make everybody poor, just so you could be but I will say, like, I saw them originally, like, in 2000, and it was kind of a very, very, you know, um, gestational version of what they do now. Mm-hmm. But they have they kind of have new things, and it builds, it has grown as time goes on. For us, like, we do have, a, like, a constant, like, visual, like, a um, projector and stuff, um, but we usually go insanely all out for, like, the, the release shows. But um, some of my favorite bands are, are kind of like, uh, it's like a good blend of not quite jam, but almost there, like a jam that goes somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like Built to Spill is like one of my favorite old school bands, and it's kind of like amazing guitar rock band. I feel like they're really good at pulling off making you think that they're jamming when they're not you know it's I know like a exactly very, very well yeah. thought out but like it goes somewhere jam mm-hmm. i've never been a jam band guy right yeah but i really like that where it's like they really thought about it and it goes somewhere and i feel like uh, that's the same thing for like the first time i saw team impala i think it was like 2013 they have a record called live versions and you can listen to that as a reference like that tour i think is probably their best version it of that is. band there's things going on jams that are pretty amazing on that record like uh i think the one is like be above it there's an amazing jam on there and at the end of the first track on that that record there's a weird jam um that comes in and they actually somehow were able to do like a live side chain with the kick drum and the keyboards Hmm. so you are literally hearing a weird studio trick live And so, like, hearing that gave me this really crazy feeling just to hear that, like, actually, because yeah. I saw that tour live. Oh, you saw so, that one? Mm, okay. Cool. So, right. so, hearing it and seeing it live was right. like, how are they even doing this? Did you watch, what was it? The uh, yeah, they Kevin performed like, uh, at where they recorded Inner Speaker. So, the first album, yeah, they recently had just did like a live stream of where yeah, they performed that the whole album. That was pretty cool. I watched yeah, that. Yeah, that was sweet. Yeah. That live versions album, uh, I have that on, on vinyl. Ooh, and, yeah. uh, dude, I love that album because there's even parts there's one song in particular and kevin parker's voice like literally he cracks and they just like kept it in there you know it's just like it feels so yeah but that didn't distract it almost made me love it more like i was like okay this is live like i know Mm -hmm. they're what they're doing is like right here on stage at this moment you know so let me ask you a quick question about flaming lips i was debating my wife earlier i mean because we've seen them a few times yeah and um always a good time yes always a good time but their show is this it's the show. It's a show. Yeah. It's a performance. Yeah. So when you see them here, they're everywhere. We're going to see that performance. Yep. 
does it lose its magic the more times you see it? Because you sort of, it's like, yeah, it's, it's not special anymore because you realize they do it everywhere. For me, like, I mean, I've been a longtime fan. I personally... It's like, you know, Wayne Cohen's going to get the ball. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. <laughs> See, and like, like, there's always something different every tour. Yeah. Like, I remember the, when they came to the Tony Monroe, he was on this crazy, like, unicorn and, like, went through the audience. Right. That was a cool show. Crazy. There's that smoke was... going into the elevator. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. So they had smoke on stage and then, like, crept It was into so the much. Yeah. 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 The, the, it got out into the wow. rest of the apartment building. <laughs> that was weird because it was, like, <laughs> fire it was a long went time. Off. That, that it was like that's crazy it was yeah you would trucks. think they would test something like that beforehand at the venues yeah, I, I think yeah. it was just the it was... abundance of <laughs> <laughs> we we were lucky enough to go to the after party oh man and uh where was that at the moon, the moon. was that the moon <laughs> yeah was that the was moon that, with yeah. natalie cool. nice. yeah and uh i think at least one guy was not pleased with i'm sure i think that issue with the yeah. you know sound getting cut i mean or whatever Cool show though. So, anyways, going back to it, they always bring something special, and that's where my that's where my wife was like, "Get off yourself!" Like, it's always a cool show, even if you know what to expect. They have you can't have a completely new show for every city you go to. You know, it's like that's just what it is. I mean, I know we have to focus on our guests here, but I mean, you've seen fish probably a trillion times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> are they always very different? Well, their music is. That is very true. Their set list is always well, yeah, really and different improvisation. We don't need to go down that no, rabbit hole. We won't. We won't. I was just kind of like, but you see what them they a do time, for, yeah. like, you know, yeah, yeah. We don't need. To go. <laughs> don't we won't go there. Yeah. We won't go there. We'll save the fish episode so, for a different time. <laughs> but going back to live performances, you guys both some some good examples. You have some more of like really good shows. Yeah, I guess uh, what let, let's get there. What's the greatest live show you've ever seen? Yeah, yeah. I have a handful off the top. I can't really pick one. Yeah, give me yeah, give me a um, few. I remember, and I was trying to think of the details, and I can't really remember them very well. But um, I want to say in the late '90s, I saw Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. that was in detroit that's cool and actually i do remember i think it was like they in between one of the songs they like said because i think this was before smartphones and they and i think the red wings were playing and they had like won the game or the championship or something and like they told the audience that everybody's like super pumped (laughs) (laughs) nice the hockey crowd yeah but that temple show like i had mentioned earlier was really good Mm -hmm. um i saw a broken social scene at calvin college That's cool. I've never been to that venue there, but number of bands pass through. I want to say there. like um, I've only seen shows there, but I think like where they play, there's a really big organ like behind oh, okay. the stage that you normally don't see. Cool. And so like when we saw that show, they opened the show with what's his name, Kevin or whatever the Shields or Kevin, no. wait, no, that's the 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 lead singer yeah, from yeah, yeah. the Broken Social Scene. Um, he like was playing that giant organ, so cool. that's kind of a cool element of that was like a one time thing. What year was that? It would have been let me see, probably more than ten years ago. Okay, well, that sort of brings up for me a, a thought that I had about venue because oh, yeah. um, 
a band that I'm a big fan of is Krungbin. Are you familiar with them? I don't know who they are. We saw them at the, it was at the L Club. Was it the L Club? Well, my, oh, my buddy Ben and I one. Yeah, in yeah. Detroit. And it's a small little venue. Very small. Very intimate. Awesome show. Then we saw them at the Fox. Not a good show. It was like the venue was too big for them in mm-hmm. terms of their sound and how they developed. It sort of, it, it enveloped them in a way that it just didn't fit their music very well. So I feel like venue has a big thing to do with like what makes a good show. I think it can. I... Maybe five, six years ago, the there's a punk band from the 80s called X. They came to town. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. Because they were their heyday was in the 80s when right, I was a kid. Right. Um, I was literally speechless when I saw they were coming to town. So I saw that show, and it was on, it was one of the top five Where shows. Where was it at? The Pyramid Scheme. Oh. Did it like crazy seller or is it people are like sort of soft on it? It was every it was I think it was probably sold out and it was it was great. Yeah, yeah. Um the following day I saw the Black Keys at mm. the Van Andel Arena. And it was not It doesn't <laughs> seem like good good a good venue for yeah, them. Right. Two, no, and it was just the two of them? It was no, they had um two other backup okay, musicians right. with them, but it was not I mean to have I mean to me X should be millionaires. Yeah. And the Black Keys are great. I love right, them right. too. But the uh, the venue I think made a big difference, mm-hmm. and I really felt X, and with their I mean they're older, but they were like really into mm-hmm. it as much mm-hmm. as they could right. be. And the Black Keys, I think they were just I think they were literally just burnt out at that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think bands can struggle with just trying to f- fill that sound? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I think it can be hard. Yeah, it can be. I think the acoustics in the uh, an arena are. I mean, they're not built. No. For that necessarily. No. Yeah, I think when you're playing in an arena, you really have to, one, I think you have to have hits that people have this nostalgic feel with. And then you just kind of have to have this, this like energy that people could feel because it's that big, you know. So if you come up there and you like, one, don't have the energy for arena rock and then you don't have the hits to play in an arena and nobody knows and can't sing along with it. It's like this vibe of just like, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's hard to connect with the. Unless you, the audience, in the yeah, band. I would say unless you bring uh, like theatrics into it and really do. I saw uh, Michael Franti and the Spearheads at Bandana Arena. I had no idea who he was. I don't think a lot of people knew who he was. He was opening up for uh, John Mayer. But he was running around and like pulling people from the crowd on the stage and like putting th- stuff up behind him and asking people to sing along. It's like if you're gonna play an arena and nobody knows your music, like that's the way you gotta really do it. I think you know. Yeah. Now, if somebody asked me, "Hey, does your band want to open for so and so at the arena?" I would. Yeah, do of course you One hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fantastic. I got a I got a little sidebar question here on live music because I've had this experience. So. Can a can a band you hate become a band you love after you watch them perform live? And have you had this happen to you? Or vice versa. A band you love and you see them and then you don't really like them afterward. This is a friend of mine who saw it was MGMT. I'm feeling rough, I'm feeling tour mm-hmm. and they didn't really have anything other than just the two dudes right so mm-hmm. it was just them and then like 
I want to say 90, 95% backing tracks. Yeah. So it's just them just with mics and maybe yeah. a keyboard. Yeah. So my buddy was like, I hated, I hated them after that. That's what happened. Because it was underwhelming. Yeah, for exactly. That's what yeah. happened Delicate <clears throat> Steve. Oh, yeah, Delicate Steve when we saw him at Pyramid Scheme. I was yeah. like very underwhelmed yeah. with that. Because uh, yeah. it was a bunch of backing tracks. I'm like, I don't need to see that live. Yeah. I was going to say as far as like favorite live shows, it's not cool. But I saw... Green Day in like 1997. This was a theater in Detroit, right? Yeah. So it was like right before all they've ever done is like um, arenas, right, right? Arena tours. So that was like an amazing show because mm-hmm. I think their drummer is like one of the best drummers ever. Oh, yeah. Like super solid, amazing energy. Mm-hmm. So to see them. You know, like on their rise in a smaller that's cool theater is was amazing. I will say, like my favorite shows are in like theaters type. Yeah, yeah. anytime you can see a band before they sort of blow up, is you feel like you were there, right? Yeah, and I think that's the argument for like going to see like local bands, going to see like you know these uh, juvenile like you know in their infancy. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Rather, you know, it's cool to see like the legacy bands, like because you you know you want to hear that song or whatever. But I don't know. There's like a mis- you feel like you were there to like to feel before they were launched into whatever. Yeah, I, I had a friend who said she saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers in like eighty. 80- five eighty six oh, wow. or something yeah and they were just at this bar and she's like nobody was like paying attention mm-hmm. to him and she was just like these dudes are awesome and she said they were doing the usual like anthony's flipping on stage yeah just wild and like nobody paid attention to him and she was just locked in but it's just like how crazy would that be well the band's like sort of like forming their sound they're sort of like not great you know and i think that's what i have to always keep in mind when i see like a lot of local acts i'm like they're not gonna be this polished thing right they're a local act like and you have to embrace the like the not greatness sometimes i feel that's cool you could feel it though like i don't know if you guys have this experience of like sometimes i might see a band that like might not be that great but something about the performance was like something about this this, these people are special you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like you just kind of feel that way yeah that made me think really quickly about our our buddy ben who saw kurt vile who was like just like completely drunk off his like whatever and like the worst show he'd ever seen he's becoming becoming known for that though yeah Yeah. it's like not so good i don't think it makes you like his albums less but maybe not spend the money to see him live i saw kurt vile maybe two years ago at bell's brewery in kalamazoo oh yeah and he did really well and the band did great but i think i realized when i was standing there outside sweating like crazy that i didn't like kurt vile as much as i thought i did (laughs) why is that I don't know. So you did have the experience. Yeah. So this is a I guess somebody I did. that Maybe you did. loved. Yeah. Out. And yeah. then I have, I have. We just had to go in a circle to get yeah, to Yeah, my memory is so horrible. Um, I have a couple of his records, and I yeah. like them. Yeah. There, there are, records there are, are times where I'm like, okay, like, can you, like, it's a little bit too repetitive for yeah. me at times. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think I just got excited because it was a name I knew. Yeah. Yeah. But. I don't know. I was standing there and I was like, this is cool, but I'm a little underwhelmed. And yeah. it's not his fault at all. No. Do you think you just like weren't feeling the music? Like the band wasn't giving it to you? Or like what was it that made you just feel like, I'm not. It, it might have been this. a little bit. I have this weird, it's not really a weird hobby, but um, I like to meet band members if I can. And, no, I, think yeah. I, and I think I couldn't meet them or something. And no, I was like, I'm going to cut you off. 
Yeah. And, and it wasn't. Yeah. I want to let the listeners know Pat is shaking his head. I, I've met a lot don't of Don't talk people. to me after my show. It, no. I mean, I've got a, a lot of stories about trying to meet me. Sometimes it works, he, sometimes it's he, really weird. He mm. helped our crew meet uh, Stephen from the Flaming Lips once. So oh, wow. Hats off to Tim. That's yeah, cool. he, but he always is like, he's like planning during the whole show. Yeah. How am I going to run into these <laughs> guys? Can't That's my wife. She's the same way. She always finds herself backstage. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, where were you? She's like, oh, I was backstage. I'm like, Pfft. yeah. It's funny because, I mean, this band is kind of local, but a lot of dispute. They're not local anymore, but yeah. they were. But I saw like Jordan, uh, what's his name? Dreyer, is that his last name? He, he was at Pyramid Scheme or whatever they performed, and I stuck around long enough. And I was like, "Hey, what's up? Can I take a picture with you?" He's like, "Nah, man, not tonight. Like, I'm here with family." And I was like, "That's respectable." Yeah, like, yeah. also, it was just like there was nobody else around too, so it felt really awkward. I was like, "Oh, okay." But yeah. that didn't really change my opinion a lot. This youth, though, I still, I still love what they do. I was thinking about surfer. Do you were, were you at the Surfer Blood show? No, I don't oh, think I was me. at that one. Oh, that was yeah. not a good show. I was like, oh. Made me like like you even less. Yeah, you guys yeah. know Surfer Blood. Okay. Yeah, I don't know them. Where was it? It was that Pyramid Scheme. Okay. They put Pyramid out like Scheme a, getting a big shout out during yeah. that show. They Every put out show. like a really good one, good <laughs> really good album, and then sort of just like fell off. Check out the first album, Astro Coast. I'll put in a track right here. I want to say that we opened for them once. Oh, that'd be sweet. I think it was at the intersection. Man, you probably opened for so many bands, I'm sure, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, let's talk about what's it really that? quick. Yeah, what's what's, what's the uh, experience been playing live since we're talking about live music for Lazy Genius? I mean, it's been a very slow, gradual build, but at least it's still building. Yeah. Right. We had some of our coolest shows and most regular shows within the last couple of years before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But we uh, played at like a music fest... Where we opened for um, Parliament, Parliament Funkadelic All Stars. We were on the oh, same yeah. bill. Was that at Bell's? That's cool. It was like, um, it was like, the it was at the intersection. It was like okay. Prospecto. I don't oh, know if people remember that. Or okay. Not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we did that, and we did open for Surfer Blood. Cool. We, we opened for the band Low, their other band called uh, Retribution Gospel Choir. We opened for them. Frederick Meyer Gardens. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, that's cool. So I would say those are probably the highlights. Right on. Yeah. You also were in a band that opened for, went on a mini tour with... The Breeders. The Breeders, yeah. Yeah, that's oh, right. Wow. Yeah, right. 2008, the, it was the Mountain Battles tour, and it was like the first album that the Breeders had put out in a while. Wow. So yeah, the band I was in at the time, Montana Boys, I was multi-instrumentalist for that band. Cool. Yeah, we did, um, yeah, about 11 dates. Nice. You ever yeah. feel like any more uh, pressure when you're about to perform live for like shows like that? Um, not necessarily, because for that whole situation, when we were playing, people were just starting to come in. Right. So now, you're just yeah. now this thing. is this is 2008, so this is like yeah, I had been like hitting music hard for I want to say about two years. That sounds very privileged, but yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a long time ago. Now. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I get but that. But at the time, yeah, it was like holy crap, you know. But um. Yeah, like the at that time, that was the biggest shows I had ever played, but people were just kind of coming in as we were playing. Mm-hmm. But the one specific moment that I still remember 
And thankfully it wasn't before we played, but it was, we were playing Webster Hall in New York City, New York, open for the breeders. And when we, I want to say there's like a, I can't remember now, I want to say it's like 1,500 or 2,000 capacity in wow. there or something. So right when we got done, there was literally that many people oh, when the wow. lights came up and I almost, sh- <laughs> I almost shat myself. Uh, yeah. So it was like good that it was at the end of the show, but yeah. it was still startling. Even though my right. work was done right. and I was done for the night, it was still like, holy shit. Yes. But yeah. but but the reversal of that was the B-52s one because this is in the daylight outside of Frederick right. Meyer Garden. Right. So we literally saw... Yeah how many people were there and that was even more than that breeders one it would have been like two two right, grand right or, or two thousand peeps or whatever that's cool 25 i'm not sure yeah but that was worse because i could literally see <laughs> exactly how many people and they Don't were all up. they were all all over in their seats but they were very nice they were yeah. very nice yeah to us, that's, so. that's west michigan for you right <laughs> Um, is this a good time to jump into something else? Are we still? T- yeah, I want to get to this next topic. Yeah, I'm looking at the time. Like we got time to we do this. Time and, yeah, yeah, and I know, and I know we were talking about this kind of earlier. But let's let's jump into to gear, music gear. I've been actually waiting. You guys to are do gear this. junkies. I ran into Tim in some some hallways talking gear, and <laughs> he for forced you. Minutes. He said, "Tim, put the gun down. I'll talk to you about gear." <laughs> yeah. All right. I love Gibson, Tim. I love yeah. it. Okay. Uh, oh man. So who's a Gibson fan? Let's start there. Okay. Yeah, All I right. Am. All right. Can you explain? Okay, I'm is this like a Gibson thing or a dual humbucker thing? Mm, it's a family thing. Oh, okay. okay. So like your your dad played on Gibson. My dad, just... my so um my dad's uncle worked for Gibson. I want to say uh, from the late sixties to the early eighties. When they were in Kalamazoo, or? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then his son, so my dad's first cousin, Dale. Um, he's been playing guitar probably longer than I've been alive and he has a lot of Gibson and, and stuff fenders and stuff, but he has a lot of unique things from his dad, um, because his dad worked for Gibson and my dad, um, he was a big guitar collector and his first guitar was a Gibson and then some heritage. He bought me my first guitar, which was a Gibson SG. I always forget that Michigan has that sort of history. It's, I mean, it's cool. It's cool. I love Fender too. Fender and yeah, Gibson I'm, I'm are where it's guy. at. Yeah, for sure. Well, so tell me, so I can put a little track in here. Like, tell me where you think it's best heard, like in your in your ears. <laughs> a I Gibson know, guitar. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I was thinking like an SG because I was listening to some Santana earlier, and he's yeah, definitely yeah. playing an SG, right? Yeah, like he, on that earlier album. In the yeah, 70s, yeah, yeah. I'm just putting you on like the spot. Yeah. Anywhere, my, like, just tell me, like, it sounds great right here. I don't know, maybe like Black Sabbath, like yeah. everything. Yeah, Iomi <laughs> ripping it for sure. That's yeah, cool. I'll have to, I'll have to think, let me think about that one for a while, but let's go to Pat really quick. Let's talk yeah, about some go guitars to guitar, really quick. Yeah, go-to guitars, like, brand-wise. I've kind of gotten into some weird shit. Like, like I definitely, when I was younger, started out with, like, sort of an off-brand hollow body. So I always had a kind of, like, a thing for hollow bodies. But my main thing for a while was a Jazzmaster. It was, like, a 95 or 96 reissue. But I ended up getting rid of it because I hated the bridge on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I circled around when the J. Mascus um, Jazz Masters came out, which is about 2016 mm-hmm. or 14. 
so I have one of those and I still love it and I still use it, but yeah, I've definitely been branching out a lot within the last couple of years, uh, definitely during COVID kind of like, um, flipping things and getting different things. But right now for our like current setup, like my main one is actually like an airline, like an Eastwood airline. Oh, cool. Eastwood's putting out some cool stuff. Yeah. Some like some vintage re- reissues. And, I like yeah. all their weird stuff. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm not really like a meat and potatoes guy. Like I like to try out weird stuff and if it works cool, if not, then whatever. But yeah, 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 yeah. so I've been mainly playing my airline. It's like a blue um, with a Bigsby, um, two pickups. Mm-hmm. And I love the tone of it. It sounds really cool. I, I turned out. It turns out I'm like a double humbucker guy. Like I just, I love it. I love how it sounds, but it also is a thing where Tim and I, he kind of said to me, it's good to have different pickups for, right. for our guitars so, so that we naturally, yeah. Yeah. we naturally are having a different thing going on. So I think mm-hmm. he naturally kind of gravitated to his jazz master and I've been playing the airline, which is humbuckers. Cool. That's a good idea. So when you recorded that album, were you playing with multiple guitars or were you just with these lot? Yeah, there, there would be like, a song where I did like the the rhythm tracks like on a jazz master and then I did like the outro and lead stuff on the um, airline so it's in within like a certain track there might be different guitars mm, depending okay. on like my mood or what, what I was doing at the time yeah I think so I don't necessarily stick to one it's just like oh this might sound good for this right bit some intuition trial and error yeah. yeah i think i think i use my uh jay Maskus jazz master uh, my fire gibson firebird <clears throat> and i think maybe my gibson sg yeah i personally least. feel like his firebird is the coolest guitar he has oh, it's firebird. Fire. It's my love, favorite i just love the shape of firebirds they just look so cool it's it not my guitar great. for me what i play but like the look of it would be like what i want a strat to look like yeah <laughs> for, for me like with our current live setup, we have like a, a couple of weird songs where they're in this um, drop D tuning, but we do have step down, so it's like C sharp, drop yeah, C sharp. Wow. But so a lot of times I'll have to have two or three guitars depending on what it, what's going on. But like with two of the songs on our set list for like our next show, it's like I have to have the Jazz Master because that style of tremolo. Mm. is the only guitar that can hold a tuning for, right. for the amount of insanity I'm pushing at yeah. it. So if I could have if I could have that airline like those pickups that guitar with like the Jazzmaster tuning hold like that would you be got optimal. Frankenstein yeah. that thing. Most of the most <laughs> of the guitars right. that I've played that aren't Jazzmasters like with a Bigsby or what, mm-hmm. with what um like a strat has going on the amount that i've paid or the level of ones that i've played they just don't stay in tune the way jazz master does yeah yeah tuning that's a big part i <clears throat> I actually really love squire guitars actually but obviously just with, with tuning sometimes they get out of tune so fast but i do love like what fender is doing with the, the squires lately i mean mm-hmm. the quality that they're getting out of those um factories overseas is is definitely gone up it's insane. Yeah, we 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 both have the the square J Mascus Jazzmaster, and that's like main guitars that we use. I mean, you can swap yeah. out a few little components and actually get pretty close to the American made. I mean, I can get like the exotic woods, but if you put in some some nicer tuners, maybe a bridge. Not always necessary, depending on what it is. But yeah, I feel damn like you're squ- close to a $1,500 yeah. guitar. Pretty. Fast. I feel like Squire used to be like a bad word. Yeah. Like if, well, that's if how somebody it was sees back like you playing a Squire, it's yeah. like, I want to put a sticker over this so people don't know it's a Squire <laughs> yeah. or something. But yeah, it's not the, the case anymore. Um, 
What about pedals? I was going to say guys? pedals. Let's do it. Yeah. Pedals. You guys got to be. You got three hours for Tim's. All right. So let's start here, I guess. Tim. What are your three go-to pedals? Like, like when you're playing, you're like, okay, I definitely know this is gonna get clicked, this is gonna get clicked, and this is gonna. Get it kind of depends on which band I'm in. Okay. Um, with Halloween Makeout, I have a JHS Angry Charlie, and that is, is my, that a distortion. Yeah, it's a distortion yeah. pedal. It's like a Marshall in the box, you could call it. Cool. I love that pedal. JHS makes good stuff. Yeah. One of my favorite pedals, and I don't use it in Halloween Makeout, but I use it. I try to use it a lot in this band. Is a um, Moog phaser. Oh, like the big, the big yeah, the big Moger phaser, the big Moger the big piece um, of furniture on your yeah. They're quite, yeah. They're, they're expensive, but yeah, separate pedal board for those pedals. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of buttons and knobs, right? Like, yeah. are you experimenting with all of that? Like, do you feel like you take full advantage of that? I don't. I kind of have it set it and forget it, exactly. It. It's yeah, like yeah, most yeah. people. That's like, most pedals. Yeah. yeah, it's like they could do so much, but it's just like once you have your settings, you're like, this is what I'm sticking with. Like, yeah. I don't need yeah. That's the sound. The box, and yeah. I love delay pedals. Oh yeah, of course. What's I'm, your, what's I'm your working delay on pedal? a really big like a. I bought like the Novo 32 yeah. pedal train monster. So you can just and, stack them all up. And um, I think it's going to have three delay pedals on it. <laughs> are you, you going like to use these? Yeah, for different times or just. Yeah, okay, yeah, right, yeah okay, for different right. things. I've got a. Um, it's Maleco is the brand name. Um, they have a 616 analog delay. And then. Um, and that has like a. I think like some a modulation in it too. You can turn that on and off. So it's real wacky. Um, and then I bought like another Moog delay, but it's like the mini Fugger, mm-hmm. like analog delay. And that sounds how I think delay in my head sounds. It's like, it's fantastic. And nice. then just like a boss DD five or DD six. Playing right. DD seven. That's my new yeah. go to. Yeah. 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 So I love delay. I love reverb. I love phasers. Give me an idea of some tracks where you feel like you love it, the the sound. Yeah, like a lot of like the psyched, like the kind of new psychedelic stuff that's coming. It's like Tim Appala, of course. Yeah. Um, there's a band out of Detroit. Um, I want to say they're called Moonwalks. they use kind of a lot of like phasery psychedelic like the big sound or like the delays and the reverbs and stuff cool um oh there was what's my favorite grand rapids band they're not around anymore haunted leather okay that kind of i don't know are you like psychedelic yeah they're okay. another psychedelic okay. band kind of like black angels like that band right kind of sort of like that Sure, I don't know. What that means. <laughs> I was just trying to help. <laughs> yeah, but that's another thing. Like sidetrack really quick that I've sort of learned about the Grand Rapids music scene is that apparently it used to be like way more hard rock, like sort of quasi metal. I, so. I say there were and a lot now, of metal like the bands GR scene around, is yeah. more the psych rock, the Howlers, yeah, the Heaters, oh, the Heaters. Yeah. He's in the Howlers. Yeah. Oh, okay. With Matt Tinkley. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, sure. All right. Yeah. yeah so I'm, yeah. Thinking the, I'm thinking of the right band. Yeah. 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 Howler yeah. is a heater. So that's like sort of the newer GR scene sound, apparently. I don't know. I'm sort of trying to figure all this out. <laughs> Tenkley is really into Black Angels. I know that's like one of his favorite bands. Yeah. I've listened to a few of their albums. Pretty good. Tenkley 
they also loved haunted leather, so it checks out. Nice. We'll have to bring him in at some point if we can find a connection because yeah, yeah. he has his hands on like yeah. seemingly everything. He recorded our our first EP, which is not before out I was in the band. Yeah, before you yeah. were in the band. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down there at Amberlit, you I'm sure you guys have recorded there probably. Yeah, we did. Yeah, he I'm st- we, we still work together in multiple ways. Like I, I still play drums in his band and you know record at his place. Um, I record drums for Howlers at his place, but yeah, the last record he helped me mix it and he mastered it. Cool. So nice. he's always been like he's a long time friend of mine. Nice. We've been working together since like '08. Wow, nice. So Pat, we didn't we didn't really get to you on pedals. You got any mm. go to? So for me, there's kind of like a, a live sitch, and then there's a studio sitch. But live, I will always definitely have like currently. It's like a. GHS's version of like a Silvertone amp. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I think it's got Lady Liberty on it. I can't remember what it's called right now, but that's like my, my main overdrive. And then I will usually combine that with a EQ pedal that's kind of like got a curve on it. So it's kind of boosting the mids. Mm-hmm. And that's to kind of pull me up during a solo so you kind of hear me more. Yeah. It's not necessarily more volume, but just kind of like curving yeah, it so like you hear cuts my... cuts through the mix. Yeah, and then I also have uh, um, just like a, a, a basic um, nano uh, big muff that I, that I um, put before my overdrive. So then those are on together. So <clears throat> I try to have like three levels of volume, kind of like clean reverb. And then overdrive and then no fuck. But I gotta have <laughs> reverb. Um, usually it would just be like the built-in yeah. reverb for like um, my uh, super reverb. I've been kind of messing with the deluxe reverb, the one speaker version of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then I just bought like a, a reverb pedal because I was having issues with my super reverb, cutting in and out the reverb on it. So do you have any like uh, tone? I was like, like, I'm thinking what of you're, what you're hunting after. Um, like live at Pete Townsend, like live at Leeds. Early to mid seventies, who he had basically, yeah, like the That's clean, like what you're hunting the, for the clean, like nice guitar, right. and then the overdrive, and then the oh shit. So. I, think, I mean, I think that's like just normals. Everybody's hunting for like their what they would call their sound, but it's always like somebody know. else's tone. <laughs> but well, it's somebody else's, but you're like, I'm finding my own version of theirs. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you have True. to start somewhere. But yeah, like, that's but the sound I hear in my head because that's what I fell in love with. And, but know. yeah, but, and as somebody who like records a lot too, like sometimes it's, it's really amazing to have YouTube as a, as a way to kind of reference things. Right. For sure. Like I watched like a live, like a dude do like, Oh, this is how you, combine these pedals to make like tame impala mm-hmm. like these three songs or these this is how you combine pedals to make like the jack white yeah that's sound. so crazy Those videos nowadays are crazy. you have all access to all that and shit. even it's like here's the, a tame impala drum <clears throat> sound yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. And I, I just i literally just did that like yeah. within the last month like i yeah. Which is i had cool. seen a couple of them and one yeah. of them it was like oh this really works it does, you know? yeah. so it's cool i i love stuff like that yeah. what, what's now, a, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, the other one is I have a DL4. It's that big, stupid uh, Line 6. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Green with delay. all the crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that one I love because um, whenever I, when I had, I used to have like a um, boss delay. I don't know if it was a D5 or a D6, but I would always be annoyed that I had to 
switch mm-hmm. whatever yeah yeah so i like the dl4 because you have three presets and then you also have the tap on it oh nice but for me specifically the reverse delay on there like i can't live without it like i've had that set in that pedal for years now <laughs> and it's like on the far you have to left. buy like five copies of it so that when they go out of it's, like, on the far le- <laughs> it's on the far left hand side and it's like my favorite setting i just yeah. gotta get it in the right tempo and it's like it just does what i want a delay to do you know yeah nice. you guys ever watch like the rig rundowns oh, oh yeah Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Who doesn't? I know, right? Watch all of them. <laughs> you make music, of course, you watch the rig rundowns. Do you have, uh, I was going to ask a yeah. question. I'm just curious, like, what is a late, out of one of your Lazy Genius songs where, like, you're like, yo, this pedal came in the clutch or, like, this effect came in or, like, if we didn't have this, this song wouldn't sound the way that it sounds? Well, for the newest one, I think what Tim and I did was mainly just kind of patching directly to, like, a tube preamp, like, with our pedals. But I kind of overhauled my setup to where I had like a stage, a gain stage. So one of the songs, like the first song on the new record, Eclipse, for me, I'm very minimal guitar. And it kind of goes at the very end to where all the pedals are on. And it's like, so there is that building of the dynamic. Like a lot of people who have seen us might say, oh, they're too loud. We're a pretty loud band. But we do try to have a thing where there's like, there's, there is like steps. You know, where we will have songs where it is quieter. And then there's other songs where it's, yeah, holy shit loud. But then we like to try to have a thing where it, like, it can just build to that. You know what I mean? So we try to have dynamics, even though it, sometimes we do get super, super loud. Right. But yeah, I would say, like, is a combination of my Nano Big Muff and that um, JHS Silvertone pedal coming together well so it kind of bridges into the question i was going to say is like what what's in store in the new album like sonic wise it sounds heavier yeah i'm very, yeah, I'm very curious so i also listened. release day if you have it yeah yet. yeah what is it uh october 30th yeah Ooh, Ooh, okay game? yep cool i've listened to the record like just you know like mixes at oh home. so it's done yeah 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 because it's getting pressed or whatever cool what i noticed is like the first half is really heavy and the second half is a lot open and and like quieter more atmospheric that's what i would say that's what i noticed i don't know if pat agrees he's giving me a side (laughs) eye but no no no. i'm interested to hear what he thinks because i i've thought about it so much for so long that it's nice to get an outside isn't that this way when you've like recorded and like engineered your own album you're like i'm done thinking about this thing yeah I cannot objectively think about it anymore. Right. I feel like for me, I think people in the group or people in general want it. Want, they want bangers, but I want to be able to do like a mellow song justice the way like professionals can. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like maybe not everybody likes Radiohead, but they can do a mellow song justice. Right, like they're yeah. talented enough to do that. So I guess my struggle has always been. You know, I don't want to be boring live, but I want to have at least some sort of dynamic where it's not always the same level or the mm-hmm. same vibe of a song. Mm-hmm. So for me, like, it sounds pretentious, but with with our stuff, I always want to try to make an experience like an album where there's there's some heavy sh- stuff, there's some quiet stuff, and then and then I intentionally am trying to make them all in the right order. Yeah. Right, you're telling to a story. It's an experience. Yeah. Yeah, but but a lot of people are like, who cares about that? Give you know, me a just, yeah. you, you, we, we people yeah. want singles. Nobody gives a shit about yeah. albums anymore. And it's we like, do. Well, we talk about I, that. We do. all the time. We talk about this. But, yeah. but you know oh. what I mean. But it's like I don't think of it as a business. It's like it's like I have a day job. So this is this is my heart. This is honestly what, it's your artwork. This yeah. is what I love, and I'm gonna be genuine about this because I I'm not making a living at it. So right. It's like, yeah. Why would I do it? And then 
pretend like I'm going to cater to what somebody else wants when it's like, this is my free time. Yeah, this is yeah. your passion. This is what I do yeah. for love, yeah. for yeah. fun. Yeah. Right. That's so, a good point. That is There's a, a lot of conversations point. that we've had of late. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. To me, like, so I'm in the band now, obviously, but I'm fairly new, but I know ladies, I've seen them so many times. So I think I have kind of a unique perspective. But to me, and this is for Lazy Genius and a lot of other bands, especially bands I'm in, other bands I'm in, but there's a there's a, a maturity to being able to have openness in your songs and be able to play. Like everybody I feel like can play loud and fast, but like when you can play softly and like you're really melodic and like not everybody has to play a million notes a second. I think that yeah. um, is really important. And I, to me, like Lazy Genius has been doing that, and they're doing it even more with this record. I think this is probably like the best record, and I'm not saying that because I'm on it. No, yeah, I get that. <laughs> but like, it's I would if I was in the band, I would love this record so much, and I'm excited for people to hear it because it's that's I think cool. It's going to be really good. Yeah, I think like people underestimate like space. Yeah, like within within absolutely the sonic qualities, the notation, what have you. Um, I, and they, it's a sub is like a subconscious thing. If you if you provide that and then you backfill it, then later with a tighter like up more you know intense sound, then it, it's more impactful. But if it's yeah. all like in your face all it, the it, time, like yeah. it's tiring. Yeah. I, I want to say like a song that I was listening to earlier that's just like so good with space to me is um what's her name uh Brittany Howard from Alabama Shakes. Yeah. She has this song called Baby. I tried to be everything. It's just like the groove. It's just like Nate Smith on drums in the pocket. It's just like slow. On the backbeat. Timing. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that makes everything. It's it's dynamics. It's yeah. what you need. Yeah. For sure. One of my favorite things to do on stage is not play. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Who doesn't like Agreed. That? I like know. if you can just stop for four eight yeah. measures. Yeah. yeah. That was like a big conversation specifically with this new record. Because it's like, my, I love what Tim does, and I love what our key- keyboard player, John Harrell, does. But generally, they're kind of like the icing on the cake. So just kind of juggling that space and then trying to navigate both of their ideas. Like, one of the, I think one of the best songs in the record is called Procession. It's like the last song on the record. And it's almost kind of like a George Harrison, All Things Must Pass. Ooh. Cool. Or, or Harry, Harry Nielsen, Many Rivers to Cross. Yep. kind of thing. Okay, but now you like, got me excited about this right now. I'm, I'm like, I just want to like hear it now. <laughs> yeah, but basically. like trying to trying to get the space for Tim and Harold on that was yeah. very hard. But it's like I I have the final say. But it's like still it was kind of hard. And then a lot of times yeah, with Tim it was just like oh you don't have to do anything really right because like on that song he does a bunch of amazing solos on like every sort of turnaround between verses. And then it's like well you don't really have to do anything on the verse because you're you're you know whipping it out. Yeah, and doing a great job. That is know? the hard part of like being the person that's like mixing it is like where to cut things. Like you, you sort of, at least for me, and I've only done this once, but like you're constantly adding. But at some point, you have to start subtracting, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's where it's hard because you're like, ah, oh, but he's he's killing it here. But it's like, ah, is it needed? Is it needed? Yeah. Right? And it's like, yeah. but you know, so it's not always adding; it's subtracting. And it sounds like that's what you had to sort of do to sort of make space for other people's voice to be heard. 
So yeah, that's a hard thing to do. And I mean, is that what Rick Rubin said his job is? Like, is yeah, it, he's not he's a like, producer; he's a subtractor. Subtractor. <laughs> I was like, I'm, just, I'm here to take things yeah. away that yeah. you don't need, that you think you do, but you don't. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I was really happy with this record because we were able to kind of do it homegrown. And yes, I did get some like sort of finish line help from Matt, but we did like our last record, New Moon. That was like all kind of in the basement of my my house, and the the drum room area the rehearsal area is very very dead very very kind of like yep. sounding. yeah and so for the new record i just wanted it to be kind of trashy and roomy for the drums mm-hmm. like kind of like what you were talking about earlier so it was literally done in the bedroom next to my wife and i upstairs and super annoying for the neighbors but <laughs> but we did the drums in there and i just wanted it to literally sound like the band was like playing in your yeah. living room kind of thing that's cool i've always been a huge fan of like flaming lips like their drum yeah. sounds put your face up to the See, like Tame Impala, but I, I more so was kind of trying to like navigate between those two. This is really nerdy, but trying to navigate between those two drum sounds mm-hmm. for the new record. But I was really, really happy with how some of the songs sounded, how they turned out. Um, but yeah, I mean, the room and how the drums are recorded to me are really important. But but my taste isn't necessarily everybody else's. Like other people might really hate it. Like if you that sounds, well, that's, that's what which, I mean. Yeah. That's that's something I ran into myself. It's like sort of just sticking to your guns of like, okay, this is like the blueprint I've sort of made, and people are gonna like it or they're not. But trying to deviate between that or away from that is extremely hard. You know, it's like, why well, this is like what I've built the drum sound to be like, but now I want it to be like. I want to be tight or I want to be open. It's like, no, nah, the blueprint's made. You just have to commit to it. And like, yeah, I don't know. That's what I felt like as I was mixing it more. I'm like, ah, it'd be cool if this could have been this or this could have been that. But that's kind of like the conversation I had with, I know Harold in the band, we had this conversation. I might've said it to the other band members, but listening to like Radiohead, OK Computer, like every single song on that the drums have a, a, a different sound you're right like yeah, right. the first song there's like weird samples mixed in with live drums the mm-hmm. second one like all the stuff leading up to where the distorted guitars come in are super dead dry drums and right. then all of a sudden wham the yeah. drums come open in. Like uh, exit music for a film, there is no drums for the majority, and then when they come in, they're like really kind of like kind of fuzzy, kind of mm-hmm. distorted, overdriven, but then so is the bass. Right. So like they literally had something mapped out different for each yep. song, and it's like to have that much time and energy to be able to do that, right? And to have the yeah. brain space to right. do that in 1996, 1997. Yeah. I mean, that's what you get. Your full time job, and you're being paid for it. Exactly. And you feel like you know, yeah. that, but it's like I try the best that I can do yeah. with the time that that's I what have. That's we all do, and like that's something cool to aspire to, mm-hmm. like yeah. for the for the next time around. I mean, it's something I've definitely talked to KJ about. I'm like for sure. Let's just try. We're definitely going to focus on the drums a lot more. Well, just like the whole, yeah, yeah. like the whole like sonic feel of every track. It doesn't have to be consistent. 
Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. like I don't know how they they did it. They might be overthinking, but it's like it's like either they they knew exactly what the sound was going to be like, and then they did multiple kinds of miking techniques for the drums. Studio or, trickery. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like how did they get to <laughs> yeah. that point? So let's go to the last. Yeah, I was gonna say, man, we've been talking. This is how it goes. This is good. Like, yeah, two topics. We we could probably dive, dive into the third one. Nope, never have time. So yeah. we're gonna go into our final question here. So I kind of already spilled the beans on this, but we always ask a band when they come on here if you could compare your band's music to a blank, what would it be? So for today, I think Scott, we decided a. a a car, right? Yeah, yeah. If and lazy, we're talking lazy genius, yeah, lazy genius. But I want to hear Tim yeah. too, as well as Pat. You yeah, have say he has you a can better have answer. You can have different perspectives, but yes, if lazy genius was a type, the type of car, what would it be? Would we, it be? we can oh, talk man. brand. And, we can and talk I can about edit SUV, any thought process wagon, that you might need. Yeah. So I think from the automotive world, Pat and I are on totally different. That's good. I want to wavelengths, even though. That's all right. And I want to hear all the details about this car, like we interior. I want to hear about its like paint color. I want to hear if it has a spoiler on the back or like a, a, a pony painted along the side or something yeah it's a van with like gandalf <laughs> on the side you shall not pass we've had conversations just about cards like car design and cars and stuff like that but what's that car that you really like pat i was gonna say that but i want you to come up. i don't with know one. what it's called you need to come up with but one. we were hanging we're out and i was showing him like ferraris and stuff like that and like the mclaren oh, you're, detail you're, i forgot you're like a car that. guy too yeah, yeah he is yeah. definitely yeah. Yeah. yeah um but oh man a car for the band yeah i will say like Perk- tim and i intersect in that we both enjoy vintage cars but i haven't really liked the look genuinely of a car since like late 70s early 80s like i just love how that's the fair. old i love how the old cars look yeah, yeah. i know i understand like mileage and, and aerodynamics and all that but i just love the look of old cars no i just doubt. think they look way cooler oh, yeah. Yeah. than no, new cars sure. it's just the reality of it I to don't me think anybody would disagree with that yeah. either that or you got to shell out like 100 grand or whatever for something insane like a james bond car right. which yeah. looks cool but like <laughs> what you wouldn't take that out of your garage. It's like, right. Jesus, yeah, you you know? just, Especially not yeah. to like Meyer where somebody's like right. swinging their door. I know, right? <laughs> Got the car. Loose car. Oops, yeah. my car yeah. just flew in the wind. Or I yeah, think about, like, yeah. I think about when I see a cool car, I'll text my friend Sam. I'm like, oh, I saw it. Yeah. Audi R8 today or whatever. And But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Come on. <laughs> I'm not going to tell what? you what the car is until you tell what me what is your car is. What is Lazy Genius? Yeah. Is it the Scooby Mobile? So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm down with that. Well, what I think of right away is there's six people in the band, so it has to be a large vehicle. Well, it doesn't have but to be. No, it's okay. like if, I like, like where you're going with it. That's fine. I'm not going to correct Mercedes you. Mercedes Sprinter van is, I just want one of those. So <laughs> Mercedes Sprinter van. <laughs> I got to Google that. I don't even know what that looks like. Uh, um, but yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting it's something that fits question. A, that fits the sonic spectrum of the band. Not necessarily has to fit everybody. I would say, so I have been trying to take photographs of this band for a long time, like before I was in it. And to me, and of course having the photography background from Kendall, it's like I wanted to figure out what... A photo of the band has to also relay what they sound like sonically. Right. Right. And I couldn't figure it out. Mm. I had tried and tried and tried, and I would have these different ideas, and we would do a couple, and they didn't turn out well and stuff, and... So, yeah, I don't know if I really have an answer for cars because what kind of a car this band would be because, like, I couldn't fit. Because um, we can be heavy, we can be psychedelic, we can be soft, we can be, like, you know, gentle, Mm -hmm. 
whatever. So it's like you, it's so many different things. Is that like a Jeep? <laughs> yeah, we have to be you like know. yeah, like a. I'm about to tell you what I think you are, but what I don't do, want to do that because yeah. that's I want to hear still hear from you. What are we like a um, Land Rover, Range Rover, okay. or something like yeah. that? Can like okay. go underwater or something? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, like a snorkel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We or can just do all of it. I can only really say like what cars I'm obsessed with. I mean, I guess it is like my band, quote unquote, yeah. my child. So like I'm obsessed with like old like G- GTOs, like specifically. It's cool. I love how they look. I like how the old like Batmobile looks. I think that's yeah. hilarious. I kind of enjoy it. Batmobiles are great. Um, but yeah, Tim was alluding earlier, um, not, not too long ago. I was like, man, I wonder if there is like any new cars that like look cool, but they're like affordable. So I ended up finding this car. It's only made in Japan. You can't buy one in, in America. You can buy one if you want from Japan and have it sent to a port <laughs> in New York City or some Add other like, way. It has right, to literally $30, be... $30,000 to the price yeah, of the car. It adds a, a grand. <laughs> oh, I that's checked. Not, I'm a nerd. nothing. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah. it's called the Mitsuoka Vute, V-I-E-W-T, right? Okay. And it looks... If I could put a picture into this podcast, I would, but I think... <laughs> yeah. I'll Google it. <laughs> but you got to check it out. But it's like, it's legit like, oh, it looks like a vintage car but it's a brand new car. So it looks like it, a, it's almost like a British car from the 50s. Is yeah. it like a sedan? Like a I think it has four doors. Does it have four doors? Yeah. Okay. But, it's but very like round. Okay. Yeah, it looks like like I, like I totally would drive What color it. would this um, automobile be? I want to say, say blue, probably. Okay. It's like my favorite color. I feel like, I don't know, something about Lazy Genius and their sound is synonymous with blue for me. See, I'm picturing like that. a station wagon. Like like, vo- like old 90s Volkswagen? Something from the 90s. Something that's like kind of the, the shocks are sort of springy. Like I'm into a, Like that. a boat, right? And But it's got like a uh, enough room to be sort of... So my buddy growing up, he had one of these station wagons in the back seat faced back. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen those, yeah. And I think that cool. adds like the psychedelic aspect to it because like you'd always be like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I grew up when I was a kid. I my the people that babysat me, you had one of those where you'd sit in the back and look at everybody. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty it's, it's cool. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. And yeah. probably super dangerous. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah no super doubt. dangerous. That was the nineties. <laughs> so that's <laughs> I, what, I mean, I, I don't want to project onto you. I guys. love it. I like your answers. I love it. For for the longest time I wanted to get one of those um like those nineties Volkswagens. I, I just like them. I'm thinking like a, just a suspension that feels sort of like your music sort of more uh it's not it's not it's not tight it's not like this machine right it's meant to be sort of flowy and bouncy loose loose yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 not to project but i'm into it yeah no that's solid all right i like it yeah well i think this is a good spot to end so tim pat hey appreciate y'all thank you coming. guys for coming over and yeah thanks Lazy for having us october 30th the new album and you guys are going to do a show for it right at, at the pyramid scheme is that Absolutely. right go to a show right. hear them check out their band camp check yeah. out anything else associated with them just google their name and you will be linked the real lazy genius the real the lazy interwebs, genius right no yeah. you can just do lazy genius band that's what i did well okay. yeah you'll find us where, right. the, where the rock and roll band with the redheaded <laughs> <Cool. laughs> thanks guys thank thanks. you